My name is Dr. Penny Sartori and I first became interested in near-death experiences in the early 90s and that was because of my job. My previous job was a nurse in the intensive care unit and it was a particular night shift looking after a man who was dying that really profoundly changed everything I thought about life and death. Um, he had a, a very unpleasant death and when he that he died the following day after I looked after him and that night shift m made me question what is death all about what happens when we die I started reading about death and I came across near-death experiences and when I first started reading them I thought gosh this is really fascinating these people are, are describing really amazing experiences and they're all saying that death isn't anything to be afraid of and because my my nurse training is very scientific and evidence-based I just thought that these experiences were some sort of hallucination or it, it was just perhaps the brain as it was shutting down as it approached death. But the more I thought about these experiences and the more I read about them, the more curious I became. So I just thought, well, I'm working in the intensive care unit. Why don't I do some my, my own research? And that's what I decided to do. I researched these experiences in the intensive care unit where I worked over a period of five years. And the patients who survived their admission to the intensive care unit, I followed up and um, I just asked the simple question, do you have any memories of the time that you were unconscious? Now, a lot of people didn't remember things, but there were a few patients who did recall experiences that were very uh, much like the near-death experiences that I'd read about. And with my study, I tried to investigate if these were due to the drugs that we give to the patients, because we give them a lot of potent drugs like morphine and sedative drugs. Was it due to that? I tried to look at if it was due to the, the blood levels, abnormal blood chemistry, biochemistry. Um, and I thought, were they just some sort of hallucinations as well? And in the ICU, you do get patients who do hallucinate. And I then compared cases of people who reported a near-death experience with the cases of hallucinations and found that they were very different experiences as well. So near-death experiences, they might start with like an out-of-body experience. So the person might leave their body, they might look down on the emergency situation from above. They might travel through a dark, some people describe it as a tunnel, towards a very bright light. And when they enter into the light, they might find themselves in beautiful gardens with lush green grass, lovely environment. And very often they can meet deceased relatives or friends. And sometimes it can be relatives or friends who they didn't know to be dead at the time of the experience. And sometimes they might come to a border or a barrier or point of no return. So that could be something like a, a river or a, door, a doorway. 
a gate, but they know if they cross over that barrier, they won't come back or they won't return to life. And uh, some people have a life review as well. So the whole of their life flashes before their eyes in a matter of seconds. And they can recall all of the significant things that they did. And they can recall insignificant things that they'd never really thought much about. And with the, the life review in particular, it can really have a lot of impact on people, on how they react morally when they come back to life. Because sometimes with a life review, people who are having the experience find that they can swap places with people they've interacted with previously. So if they've been unpleasant or, un or violent towards someone, they know what it's like to be on the receiving end of that and it gives them a completely different perspective on life as well. So when they come back, they realise about the consequences of their actions, really. But equally as well, they can see nice, um, the good things that they do as well and the ripple effect it has down the line as well. So something as simple as holding open a doorway for someone, being polite to someone, being caring towards someone, it shows the impact that that can have further down the line as well. So these experiences are fascinating to me because when people return after the experience, they're usually profoundly transformed as well. So their values might completely change. So whereas before they might have been in very high powered jobs and earned lots of money, those things don't matter to them anymore. So the material things in life that they once strived for they're not really interested in those it's things like being caring and compassionate towards others so that can come with it can be quite problematic really because if you're the head of the family you know you're the breadwinner you're earning all the money all of a sudden you've got no interest in that it can have financial implications on the family situation as well so you know there's some people who after their near-death experience have resigned from their jobs and they might go on and train to do another job, something like nursing or caring. That some might even just volunteer. So it has lots of implications for for the situation, and their values change drastically as well. You know, they very often their loved ones don't recognise them anymore because they've changed so much, and there can be quite a high divorce rate associated with near death experiences as well because of these changes. Some people do feel like they have premonitions as a result of having the experience as well. Um, of course, it's quite difficult to study those premonitions as well, because you know you might kind of get an idea, you have no idea when it's gonna happen. You just know it could be sometime in the future. So um, there was one lady who contacted me oh, probably about 20 years ago now and she was having premonitions so she wrote them all down, put them in a sealed envelope as soon as she had them and then emailed and um, posted them back to herself and didn't open them so that if they did transpire she would have had that proof already in the, the sealed envelope really before it happened. So that was one way we looked at trying to verify it, but I lost touch with that lady and she never actually did come back to me to say if anything had been verified. So a lot of people do have these flashes of the future as well. And 
there was one case where there was a man who'd had this flash forward and he'd found himself lying on a sofa in a, in a living room and he'd looked up on the wall and he described something that was on the wall that he didn't know what it was and it was a piece of technology that came out after many years after the time of his experience so it was technology that that's why he didn't recognize it because it hadn't been invented at the time of his near-death experience so there's a, quite a few cases like that um out there but it's very difficult to verify them as well you know um certainly in my my research in the hospital um that i came across there was one man who had a near-death experience and during that experience he had a conversation with one of his deceased relatives and then when he revived and returned to life he had a message for one of the relatives that was living and so he delivered that message to his living relative and she was absolutely astounded that he should know that information because that information was something she'd gone at great lengths to keep a secret from him so this was also verified by that patient's wife who said there's absolutely no way he could know this information. So that in itself is fascinating to me because at a time when his brain was severely physiologically impaired, he gained information in ways other than through the senses. So we can't explain how that happened. You know, so that is something that, you know, we really need to pay attention to and consider for future research studies as well. There are certain um, physiological theories out there about what the near-death experience is. But I think when you look at all of the theories that are there, that due to lack of oxygen and due to the brain physiologically shutting down, it doesn't, it can't explain this heightened state of reality which these people who have a near-death experience experience and describe. In all of the research that I've done, I'd like to keep an open mind because none of us have got all the answers. But the thing that makes most sense to me at this point in time is that we consider consciousness or our current scientific belief about consciousness is that consciousness is created by the brain. So when our brain stops functioning, consciousness would cease. But it doesn't make sense because it doesn't explain these experiences. What makes more sense to me is that the brain is a mediator of consciousness. So it doesn't produce it, but it kind of mediates it. And so the brain, if you like, acts like a, a filter. And I think that this heightened state of consciousness is around us all the time and it's primary, but we're not aware of that because our brain acts like a filter and it, it filters it out. Now, there are times in our life where that filter action of the brain relaxes a bit and that could be due to physiological changes that occur during trauma or during the experiences lead um, circumstances leading to the near-death experience and what that does is expands the the filter of the brain and it allows this heightened state of consciousness into our everyday reality so these people the sensory input that we constantly receive 
every second of the day it kind of stops because the brain isn't functioning as it would do normally and so people access this heightened state of consciousness which is always there but we can't perceive it nor under normal circumstances so that makes sense to me and i think that is something that is worth pursuing and um, you know exploring with future research as well and if you think about it we've all been brought up whatever our religion is we've been brought up with those religious images around us all the time you know and if you think about the message of the near-death experience it's the same message that all religions have really and that's do unto others as you would want done to yourself as well so it's a it's almost as if perhaps religions came from the initial experience of a near-death experience or a heightened you know the the people who initiated the different religions in their own way had their own type of near-death experience where they attained this heightened state of consciousness and so because we interpret it according to our own personal individual um, beliefs and perceptions you know religions might have stemmed from the original kind of near-death experience or heightened state of consciousness so it's fascinating really because they all have that same message which is such a beautiful message as well and if we all live by that message wouldn't the world be very different as well you know so it gives me hope really hearing uh, the message of the, the near-death experience because I think following the experience, these the people who've had this experience have great wisdom to share with us all, you know, and we can all learn from what they've experienced. These are such profound experiences, they can really affect people's lives. And it's really important that they process the experience and let to understand it as well, because it's beyond any other kind of human experience they've had before. So a lot of people just don't understand it there's not enough words they can't find the words to describe such an ineffable um, experience and I think I think that in particular is something that I would like to see changes with regards to these experiences being in the education of all healthcare workers because you know the most people are likely to be in hospital following an experience and I think it's really important that healthcare workers are able to recognise the experience and provide further support and signpost them to additional support then when it's needed because it is a massive thing for people to process and understand the experience. But I think that if nurses and doctors in particular, because they're there at the bedside of people, if they had greater understanding of these experiences, we could really help people as well and support them so what I would say is, is seek out support groups because there are some really good online support groups as well and just speaking to someone who's had an experience can really be helpful to people as well a lot of people do have this yearning to return because their life it's painful to process it it's painful to live with the changes that have occurred because one minute they're this person who is, knows their life as it is and they have a near-death experience which is totally unexpected and as a result of that it changes everything for them it changes their life perspective it changes their understanding of their place in the world and it feels to them sometimes as if no one else can relate to them 
and so they feel very lonely and isolated so it's that's why it's important to have these experiences in the education of healthcare workers something that can really impact on the way that someone understands the experience is the reaction they get from the people they share it with first of all so you know i've i've spoken to people who when they've regained consciousness in the hospital they've dis- described their experience to the the doctor and the doctor has kind of dismissed it and said oh well, you know you had a lot of potent drugs it's it was just a hallucination because of the drugs but the patient knows it's something far greater than that and so if they have a dismissive response then they very often won't talk about it again they'll keep it to themselves they'll just think well no one understands me or they'll be afraid to talk about it some people were afraid to talk about it because they thought people were going to think they were crazy and of course they're not crazy at all they've had a really profound experience so i think it's important thankfully now there is a lot more awareness of near death experiences and um, i think we need to see a lot more research into what these experiences are and how we can help people to process them and understand them because that was one of the goals of my research was to be able to have a greater understanding so that patients could be better supported when they've had the experience as well so if you haven't had a near death experience and you're curious you know be open minded about what these experiences are go and speak with people who've had the experience they've got so much wisdom to share with you try and get a deeper understanding of what these experiences are because you know I've learned so much from people who've had the experience and it's really enriched my life you know before I started researching near death experiences I guess I was quite apprehensive about death and dying but I think as a result of doing my research I'm not so fearful of of death as well perhaps I'm fearful in the manner in which I die but when I die I guess I'm perhaps not that fearful you know so it's helped me to deal with my life and it's helped me to live my life in a very different way um so for people then who've had the experience you know don't be afraid to share your experience if you're in a safe space um and seek out support groups seek other people there are lots of other people out there who've had this experience you're not alone and you know you when you're able to talk about it with someone else who understands it does get easier to process and to understand the experience